This is Finding Satan. I keep waiting to hear from Matt after that last episode and my confession posted, but so far he hasn't reached out at all. I really am on my own, in a way that Sarah never was. She always had somebody watching over her. Instead, I'm being hunted and threatened by everyone involved in this, and it feels like I'm always three steps behind. I'm so frustrated that someone got to Sarah's garage before I did. What did she have in there? What clues am I missing out on because it got there too late? All I can think about is Michael with his hands on Sarah's stuff, waiting for me to walk back into his web. I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself when I get a text message from a garbage number. You know, one of those long strings of numbers that doesn't actually look like a phone number. Usually trying to get you to click on a link or otherwise compromise your own security. Normally I'd ignore it, but this one has a message that catches my attention. Look for the hunters. I pause. I don't know what to do with this. What hunters? This may surprise you, but I'm not much into the Texas hunting scene. I mean, I know it's a big deal here. I'm not completely ignorant, but that's about all I know. I don't know where they hunt, when they hunt, or even what they hunt. But someone wants me to learn more. I get out my crappy laptop and start Googling. Right away I notice there's a ton of public hunting right around the suburbs north of Dallas. I'm no expert, but that seems weird to have so much hunting land right up against the housing developments and ballet studios. Someone trying to tell me a bunch of hunters are killing kids? That doesn't make sense though. It has to have something to do with the circles and Sarah. Or maybe that's just what I want to think. Maybe not everything has an occult explanation. Wouldn't that be a nice change of pace? Something completely unrelated? Could this just be... crime? But if that were the case, there wouldn't be any reason for someone to text me about it. I can only think of a handful of people who even have this number. So I keep looking. I search for missing hunters North Texas and hit the jackpot. Apparently, this is a whole big thing. I find a website dedicated to tracking missing hunters throughout North America. It shows up because of a throwaway line on one of the web pages. The recent surge of hunter disappearances in North Texas has been excluded from our investigations because they do not fit the matching criteria and appear to be a specific phenomenon endemic to this area only. I read the website some more and realize that even conspiracy theorists and alien enthusiasts think Texas is just too fucking weird to touch. Yay. Never fear. Google won't fail me. There are news reports of hunters going out for hunts and not returning. Sounds a lot like the cases on the website. I won't name it, but it's not hard to find. 
But I know something is different, because they said so. The disappearances increase in our target area four years ago. One per month, like clockwork. Then two. And then the news stopped reporting anything about it. No follow-ups, no new reports. Just dead silence. I find an unsolved mystery-style podcast that has an episode dedicated to the missing Texas hunters, so I put in my headphones and listen to it. It's the usual interview plus facts docu-show. The episode is 45 minutes long, which is about twice as long as it needs to be, and two things stay with me after I listen to it. A friend of one of the hunters makes the following statement. We went out a little further than we expected, and night fell before we got back to our usual camp. Even with the flashlights, we didn't want to be stumbling around in the woods in the dark, so we found a clear spot to make camp. It was the three of us, me, Jackson, and Billy. Right away we noticed we weren't the first camp here. There was an old fire pit already. That made us feel a little better. Like we were okay to camp there. Well, Jackson and I felt better. But Billy was a little unsettled. But he helped build a fire. So we set up our tents. Ate a little dinner. Maybe smoked a little bit. Billy started pacing around the camp. Looking at the trees. He started getting real weird. He said there were a bunch of scratches on all the trees. Well... We weren't in any mood for Billy's woo nonsense. We got him calmed down. Sorry to interrupt, but what do you mean, scratches? Like animal scratches? That's what we told him. Plenty of animals will rub or scratch on trees. Billy may have been a little squirrely, but he was a good hunter and a tracker. And he said it wasn't no animal. He sounds uncomfortable. The interviewer presses him. So what were they? Ah, Christ. It was just that kind of stuff kids do, you know? Shapes and stuff. Weird shit, he said. I don't pay attention to that kind of thing. It's best not to. The interviewer lets this go. I'm dying to find out what the symbols were, because I'm sure they're symbols, not just random scratches. The story continues. Jackson and I tried to settle him down. We thought it worked, you know. He spent the rest of the night staring at the fire. At one point he got up, probably to take a whiz in the woods. He came back all shaken up again. Said he saw a girl running through the woods. We told him, hey, people think they see things in the woods all the time. You gotta stay at camp. People are always saying things. <clears throat> I think the interviewer is going to ask him about that, but he doesn't. Jackson and I tried to keep an eye out for him after that. But it got late, so we let the fire die down. We all went in our tents. Slept through the night. I didn't hear a thing. Jackson said he thought he heard something, but he didn't know what time. When we woke up, Billy was gone. What do you think happened? I think we went chasing after that girl. I think he found her. The show moves on, giving
giving more facts about disappearances. The interviewer mentions the search teams were never able to find the campsite. Byron and Jackson claimed to have gotten turned around. Usually hunters have no problem retracing their steps or finding old camps, but these guys just couldn't. At the end of the episode, the host plays a compilation of quotes from Friends of the Missing, little sound bites. This is the one thing that stands out to me. They knew what they were doing. They're hunters. They know the risks. Which makes me wonder, what's out there? What do they know? What risks? I look some more, but I don't find anything more illuminating than what I've already found. I print out a map of the hunting areas and highlight the general area where Billy disappeared, and I mark the location of the church. They're not that close together, but given that they're in a part of the state where people spend two hours a day in traffic, they're not that far either. Then I have a decision to make. So I pick up the phone and make the call. She answers on the first ring. Hey, Nicole, wanna go camping? I can practically hear her grin through the phone as she answers. If you wanna get me alone in the woods, baby, all you gotta do is ask. <laughs> you got gear? Camping gear. I'm not super outdoorsy. Yeah, I noticed your complete lack of tan. <laughs> Give me a few hours and I can pull some together. That gives me time to drive to Dallas. Oh my god, I feel stupid saying that. But how the fuck else would I be getting to Dallas? <laughs> like I have other options. I spend the whole drive there thinking about how fucking awkward I am. I'm in my own way when it comes to getting laid. Nicole's waiting outside her house when I pull up. She's got a pile of stuff at her feet and looks delicious in jeans and a cropped puffer coat. Blonde hair and a high pony. Hmm. I get out and walk over to her in the pile. I have no idea how it's going to fit in the Nissan. I see you got the goods. You don't even know. I borrowed the Rev4 from my parents. Help me load her up. What is all this? Camping shit. <laughs> I don't know what half of it is, but we'll figure it out. We finish loading up the car and I grab my backpack and climb into the passenger seat. Where to, boo? Take the highway. It's a ways outside of town. I look at the map for a while, trying to figure it out. I don't exactly know where to go, but I have a pretty good idea. I'm feeling more and more like Sarah because I know I'll know it when I see it. I'll feel it. You still live with your parents? She doesn't take her eyes off the road. Nope, I've got my own place. I thought it would be easier to meet here and get the gear. She's got small silver crosses in her ears, and I look back at the road, too. It stretches ahead of us like the future, dark and unreadable. What day is today? Thursday, I think. We'll need food. There's an H-E-B up ahead. You mind stopping there? That's a good idea. I take my phone out and text Matt. Going camping with a girl I just met. Realizing this may be a bad idea. See you on the other side? I click send before I lose my nerve and drop a pin to my current location. 
Matt probably doesn't even need that much, but if I disappear, I want him to have as much help as he can get. He texts me back a question mark, and I ignore it. We head into the HEB, and I get all beef hot dogs, carrot sticks, and marshmallows. Nicole grabs a few gallons of water in those pre-wrapped fireplace logs, as well as a pack of lighters. Anything else? I shrug helplessly. I don't know how any of this works. She gets more food. I don't even know what. Takis and monsters and sour gummy worms. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we fill up the car with gas and we head back out. There's no traffic. Nicole puts on some music I don't recognize and we eat sour candy until we get to the entrance of the park. It's got a state park sign and notices about hunting. It's not hunting season apparently, so we need to be really careful not to shoot any animals with the guns we're not carrying. I rummage around in the grocery bags to put away the candy and notice a bag of sunflower seeds. Oh shit, I love these. Me too. There's a giant backpack in the RAV4 and she crams all the groceries in it. I heft my much smaller, much lighter backpack and feel a little inadequate. Want me to carry that? I offer as she hesitates before trading bags with me. If it gets too heavy, let me know. We can trade back. I know there's no way in hell that's going to happen. We both look at the camping gear in the car, along with the gallons of water. How the fuck are we supposed to carry all that? She looks at nylon bags to figure out what all the gear is, and then I follow along as she directs me how to redistribute everything until we finally give up. There's no way to carry all this gear. She looks around and points to a small road I'd missed. I think we could drive further in if we want. I feel like an idiot. We get back in the car and bump our way over the rough road further into the woods. I'd grabbed a map from the lot. It shows a series of roads snaking their way through and around. I barely know how to read a map like this, so I open up maps on my phone. But it thinks I'm in the middle of a lake, so I close it and go back to trying to decipher this old-fashioned paper map. How are you supposed to know where you are on this thing? Before my time. <laughs> I stare at the map a little longer, looking at an area that keeps catching my eye, trying to figure out why. Then I get it. There's nothing marked there. Like a big blank area on the map. Talk about going off the grid. We drive for another half an hour. We don't see anyone else on the way, going in any direction. Come to think of it, the lot had been completely empty, too. I try to text Matt again. Have I made a mistake? But I don't have any signal, so it doesn't go anywhere. We should pull over up here. I, I think we've gone far enough in. I start to ask her how she knows, and I realize I haven't told her anything. What does she think we're doing out here? I look at the crosses in her ears again and get the chills. What do I even know about this woman? Are we close? Yeah. Somehow I know that we are. We grab the backpacks, sleeping bags, and the camping stove and head into the woods. We're in the right place. It, it's not any woo-woo occult feelings telling me that. It's all the fucking witch signs and sigils we keep passing, carved into trees, hanging from branches, or in some cases spelled out in stones. 
I'm sure I'm missing a ton of them, but the ones I am seeing were pretty obviously saying, hey, head this way for the weird shit. So we do. Nicole looks nervous. You okay? She shrugs and points at a stick figure hanging in a tree ahead of us, its neck broken, trailing shrouds of moss. It's pretty creepy here. You sure you're not planning on luring me out here to kill me? <laughs> we both know she's not joking. I was going to ask you the same thing. We both shiver when we pass the hanging stones. This is about your friend, isn't it? Yeah. Some hunters made camp somewhere around here and they heard girls, or one girl at least, screaming and running into the woods. How close are we to the blank spot on that map you picked up? I think about the map and try to figure out where we are. Pretty close, I guess, and she nods. Guess who'd have the power to do something like that? A pretty belated light bulb goes off in my head. The church. The church. I think we found where they do their retreats. I don't know how important it is to find the exact campsite the hunters found, but I want to find it if we can. I want to get as close as possible. I want to feel it. I want Nicole to feel it, too. The path narrows and she walks ahead of me. I'm enjoying the view when she turns around and waves me on. I see a campsite up ahead. You know what's weird? I'm only now noticing how silent it is in the forest. No leaves crunching underfoot, no birds, no animals in the bushes. There should be wildlife here, but it's like Nicole and I are the only things alive. She's right, though. There is a campsite up ahead and to the right. I'm surprised it's so close to the trail, and then I realize we left the trail a while back. I don't remember doing it, but I can't see it anywhere. I hope we can find our way out. She doesn't look scared anymore. She looks happy to have found a campsite. And even if it's the wrong one, I know I can't drag her through these creepy fucking woods any further. Finding the right one isn't the most important thing right now. I don't have to worry, though. As we get closer, I know it's the right one. The site is surrounded by trees, and in the center of the site is an old fire pit. I head straight to it as if pulled. The hunters had described it as an old fire, but there's something established about it. Not like someone was passing through and built a fire, but as if this place had been created centuries ago for men to gather around, for warmth and for ceremony. I kneel down and brush away the dirt and old ashes around the perimeter of the fire, and I find old stones set in the earth. I keep brushing the stones to get the ashes and dirt off, thinking it's old limestone bricks. But as much as I rub the bricks, they get darker. Blackstone. I know she's saying blackstone like the quarry, not black stone. They found a few old things like this out here. They found the old places, marked by men, and they try to take them for their own. She's creeping me out, so I try to distract her. Hey, wanna teach this city girl how to build a fire? I have to repeat myself twice, but then she snaps out of it and sets down her backpack. Hand me the wood. 
I quickly brush dirt and ashes back over the bricks before she sees what's carved into them. It's worse than what was in the trees. She lays out the logs and paper in a complicated pattern and sets it on fire. It catches quickly, starts to die down, and then the logs catch and flare up. I have to admit, I didn't really think we'd do this. Girl, same. <laughs> now spread out those sleeping bags. I'm not going to lie. Something about the way she says it makes me tingle in long-forgotten places, and it takes me a minute to get the bags out. We'd left the tent in the RAV4. The idea of sleeping under the stars both terrifies and fascinates me. Kind of like the agoraphobia version of vertigo. I find it hard to believe that people actually do this on purpose. I find it hard to believe that I'm doing this on purpose. The cracking of the fire is barely covering the sound of my internal screaming as I sit on the ground and watch Nicole roast marshmallows. I'm pretty sure there's a millipede by my left foot, but I play it cool and kick it into the fire. So what exactly are you hoping to accomplish here? She passes me a marshmallow. I slide the charred outside layer off like a jacket and pop it into my mouth. It's perfect. The inside is all gooey and soft and white and disgusting. I hold it in the fire until it flames and chars and burns until you can't recognize it anymore. I just want to know where they take the girls, I finally answer. And I think we're close. I think we are too. Do you think your friend is there? I don't. I take the rest of the charred marshmallow and slide it off the stick with my teeth. It's burned and ruined, and I love it. She's gone, and she's not coming back. But if we can find where they take the girls, maybe we can find out why. This is as close as I can get to the truth. It's as close as I want to get to the truth. So I guess we're going hiking tomorrow? Yeah, I want to see if we can get a closer look at that hidden area. But what about tonight? My arms and legs get that prickly feeling. What about tonight? She looks me in the eye for the first time all night. You seem pretty serious about finding this specific campsite, so... I'm wondering if there was anything you wanted to do tonight. There is, but I'm afraid to say anything. I don't have a good feeling about where this is going. I just want to find the hunter's camp. I didn't exactly expect to find anything here, but we might. Okay. But then, why aren't we looking? Because of the witch signs and black stones and crazy eyes? I didn't say that, though. But I guess I don't say anything. And the silence goes on for too long, because she nods and keeps going. Yeah, there's something off about your story, Carly. And there's something off about you. I'm starting to wonder if maybe I shouldn't have come out into the woods with a total stranger. I'm starting to wonder if anything you've told me is true. That's fair. We don't really know each other at all. All we know is a bunch of girls have gone missing and then a hunter went missing and both of us want to find out what's going on. That's what I know. 
So you're not expecting anything to happen tonight. She gives me a hard look, and I can't ignore her suspicious tone. Of course not. I try not to think of the stones buried under the fire, the ring of trees practically inviting a ritual. The knife. Let's get the snacks out. We share a joint, and then another. Between that and the food and the driving, I fall asleep on top of my bag. A sleep filled with dreams of screaming girls and running through the woods. Blood on a stone table and a knife in my hand. There are no seven-foot harbingers in my dream. There's just me. And the girl in the woods. And the hunter who shouldn't have been there. We run forever in a circle that doesn't end. A circle that's black with blood. And he calls to me. He raises his horn to his lips and he blows the call. And he calls my name. And even though I'm drawn to him, I run. I run away and it's no longer clear who's chasing because we are all running through the blood. And the blood is running through us like wine spilled on the ground. When I wake up, my feet are bloody and sore. And Nicole is gone. Finding Satan is written and directed by Gabrielle Awe, produced by Jeremy Herbel, and starring Abby Claus and Mike Scalero. Finding Satan is a Black Cat Collective podcast.
souls inside.